Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? In case they get a hole in one. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability, episode 84. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. It's time to catch up with Kaylin. What have I been up to lately? We completed the rock box. If you don't remember, it's basically a sandbox, but instead of sand, it's pea gravel on the inside. It took us an entire week <laughs> because I could only work on it during that small window of after dinner and before it gets dark and on days it wasn't raining and on days where my kids weren't throwing temper tantrums and having meltdowns because they didn't get good naps. So <laughs> it was it was an all week long project. We had to borrow a wheelbarrow <laughs> and wheel the pea gravel one load at a time all the way to the back corner of our yard but we finally got it all set up and installed and since then my kids have been playing in it every single day where they were asking, can we go play in the rock box? Yes, that is what I wanted. Since that was priority this past week, because we had to get the pea gravel out of the bed of my husband's truck, that way he wasn't driving around with all that extra weight in it, <laughs> I still have two garden beds without dirt or soil. <laughs> Just the frames. <laughs> but I did buy plants to go in them because I really thought that I'd get around to doing that, and, and I didn't. So now I've had the plants for actually two weeks. They desperately need to go in the ground. And I have a friend with a tiller who's going to speed that up because each garden bed is four feet by eight feet. So, and there's two of them. That makes it 64 square feet total to dig up. Yeah, I definitely want to use the tiller because I already dug up a garden that didn't work <laughs> and I dug up the rock box area and it's really not fun digging up that much grass. Not, not fun at all. At this point, I'm really not sure when it's going to get done because this weekend is jam-packed full of activities. Next weekend, we're doing an extended weekend on vacation to St. Louis. The following weekend is 4th of July, so it's going to be a little while before we actually get that tiller over and till the garden and fill it up with the proper topsoil, garden soil. So yeah, those plants, I hope they're strong and resilient. I'm going to definitely put them through the test. You know what else happened? Just a couple days ago, I got some fan mail. <laughs> that always makes me feel really good when I get fan mail, and I wanted to share it with you guys. It says, Hi, Kaylin. I heard you talking about your bidet experience at your sister's home. I've had a bidet sprayer attachment for over a year. I've gotten used to the cold water and have used very little toilet paper in that time. I used an old bath towel that I cut into large strips and I keep them in a basket on top of the toilet. And I have another basket for the used strips. I have found the system to work great. I found a new use for old towels and have significantly cut down on toilet tissue. Hope that helps you in your quest for a bidet sprayer. I always enjoy the podcast as well. Lots of good information and tips that I have been able to incorporate into my life. Keep up the good work and I will continue to listen. And that is from Cher. So Cher, thank you so much for reaching out and sharing your experience with a bidet sprayer and your system. And I hope that that's helpful to the other listeners. For now, I think I'm going to stick with my handheld bottle just because it has now been confirmed that my kids will, in fact, play with all the dials on the auto bidet. <laughs> but one day when they're old enough, it is definitely my plan to do that. And I look forward to it too. Previously, I had a guest, Stephanie Miller, 
on this show, and she wrote the book Sustainable Living the 80-20 Way. And when I read her book, I heard about a company called Loop. So there is a website called The Loop Store, and that's for the U.S. market. And then there are Loop websites for Canada and Europe and a bunch of other places as well. And the concept is you go to this one website. Everything that's available there is sustainable, and you can buy it. They will deliver it to your door. And it's the name brand products that we are used to, but it's all in reusable containers instead of the trash, just single-use disposable trash containers. <laughs> and then when you're done, you send it back to the company and they will refill it for you, keeping the containers, preventing trash to the landfill. And I thought, wow, that is so great, so wonderful. How have I never heard of this before? So then I reached out to the Loop store and said, hey, I would really like to interview one of your associates for my podcast because I really want to spread the word on this Loop store business. And they accepted my offer and Charlotte Maiden joined me for an interview and gave me the inside scoop on the company Loop. Here it is. Hello, everybody in Sustainer Nation. Today, I have a special treat for you. I have Charlotte Maiden from the Loop Store joining us. Say hello, Charlotte. Hi, Kaylin. I am from Loop. I am on the public relations team there. Um, and I've been with Loop ever since we started a few years back. So it's been truly a joy to watch this circular system from its inception to now. Awesome. That's really cool. Were you there from the beginning? Um, not the very, very beginning in its infancy idea stage, but I did was able to join the team from when we first did our global announcement at the World Economic Forum in 2017, um, or in 2019, and was also there when we first launched in the United States in May 2019. Okay, so Loop is very new. Let's go ahead and explain what Loop is in case somebody's never heard of them before. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Loop is a global reuse platform. Uh, we partner with brands and retailers, so big consumer packaged good conglomerates like Nestle, Unilever, Procter & Gamble, and grocery store retailers like Kroger, Walgreens, um, also beauty retailers like Ulta Beauty in the U.S., um, as well as retailers around the world like Carrefour and Tesco. Um, and we do this and we partner with um, these brands and retailers to transform the packaging and supply chain of household products to be durable and reusable rather than disposable and single use. So all of that mouthful to say, uh, we take things like your shampoo and your ice cream and instead of having it be in a uh, container that you have to throw out when you're finished with it, we make it in a container that can be cleaned and reused many times. So we like to call it the milkman model. Uh, like if you think of the milkman model from yesteryear when you got your milk dropped off at your door, then when you finish with your milk, you put the glass containers back outside for it to be picked up. Uh, so the milkman model for everything. So all these items, you're working with a lot of these name brands, but I don't see the sustainable packaging in the store. Why is that? So right now, um, all of the items are available through Loop's websites. Um, so available in the US, the UK, and Canada online. And then in France, we are actually available in-store. So in-store is the future of Loop, and that's where our ultimate goal is that all these kinds of items are available on your store shelves, so you can pick them up when you're doing your grocery shopping. Um, but right now, it's primarily online. Oh, so the long-term goal is to eventually get all the sustainable packaging that Loop has to offer to get it on the shelves of everyday products. Yes, correct. Um, we think that, you know, retailers have a lot of reach. They have a lot of 
um, power and that will be a way to get more people to access Loop's products if it's at the store where they're already going to do their shopping. Oh, that's awesome. See, I didn't realize that. So that's really cool. And my understanding is TerraCycle is actually the parent of Loop. So can we, can you do a real quick explanation of what TerraCycle is? Absolutely. So kind of all fits into Loop's storyline as well. Uh, so TerraCycle is a waste solutions company that's been in business for about two decades now. Uh, so TerraCycle partners with big companies to recycle hard to recycle materials. So everything ranging from ocean plastic to cigarette butts. TerraCycle does this in a wide variety of ways. Mostly it's brand supported national recycling programs where you can collect your waste in your home and send it into TerraCycle to be recycled or you can drop it off in public drop-off locations for specific types of waste streams. Essentially, TerraCycle's whole mission is to eliminate the idea of waste. And so Loop kind of comes in as an add-on or build upon that in that our goal is to stop waste in its root uh, form. Since recycling is amazing and all, but there will be no way to recycle ourselves out of this massive worldwide waste crisis that we're all facing. So TerraCycle was around for a couple of decades and they had to find ways to recycle the really hard to recycle materials. So I get why they created Loop because now if you change the packaging, they don't have to work so hard to recycle the really hard packaging. So is that how Loop got started or is there more of a backstory that you can share with us? It's a pretty cool story. Uh, Loops and TerraCycle's founder and CEO, Tom Zaki, he was at the World Economic Forum in 2017 and he was representing TerraCycle. Um, for the work that TerraCycle has done with Head and Shoulders to make a uh, the first shampoo bottle made out of ocean plastic. So it was there at that meeting, he was talking with all these leaders um, from these big uh, consumer packaged goods brands, talking about what I mentioned earlier, that although recycling is super important and really critical to do to solve the problems right now that we face with the waste crisis, it just won't be enough to solve what we're facing right now. There's some crazy statistic like, eight tons of ocean of uh, trash gets dumped in the ocean every year. And so although recycling can help solve some of that, why not design packaging to be used over and over again and create a circular system instead of using your objects once and then throwing them out? Exactly. (laughs) It sounds so simple. Just change the packaging. But the reality is there's a lot of work on the manufacturer's side and there's cost added in. So a lot of times they're not quite so on board to just change their packaging. So I'm glad Loop is around to kind of help initiate that and get it started and get them pushed in the right direction. Yes, exactly. That thin material, you know, that's the reason it's used in everything because it's convenient and it's uh, price affordable for these big companies. So it is asking a lot of these brands to change their packaging, but, you know, we found they've been really willing and excited to meet the desire of consumers to produce less waste. Earlier, you named a bunch of recognizable brand names and companies. Can you help identify some of the specific items that customers can find at the Loop store? Yeah, definitely. So our goal is to be kind of a one-stop shop for your household and personal goods um, to find in reasonable packaging. So like I named before, we have shampoo and conditioner. We have the famous Haagen-Dazs ice cream. We have pet food. Um, we have olive oil. We recently launched with Ulta Beauty. So we really expanded our personal care offerings. So we have things like facial cleanser now, vitamin C serum, almost everything under the sun that you know, you'd be shopping for in your typical trip. That's what we try to offer um, through Loop. And 
even some of the trickier ones that I think are the coolest are we have razors on the loop store that you can send in your razors after you're finished with them. And then they get recycled by TerraCycle, which I think is a really good example of our partnership. And, you know, maybe we don't have the perfect circular solution for everything right now, but we're going to make sure that nothing, you know, ends up in the landfill when it's finished. That's really awesome. I'm so excited that it's a one-stop shop because I try to be sustainable as possible. But then I have to go to this one website for my deodorant. I have to go to this other website for my toothpaste tabs. And I have to go to this other website for, you know, you get my point. Like it's, so I want to keep, I want to keep supporting all the small businesses, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what Loop is trying to do is make you know, that's sustainable shopping, because I 100% feel you on that, um, that struggle uh, to make it convenient and accessible for people that, you know, they don't have the time or resources to do all that research and, you know, go to all those different shops, like, you know, your refill in one store, and then you're shopping online for your other things. So the goal is to have it all be housed under one, under one kind of roof. Do you think that Loop will partner up with some small businesses in the future? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think, Loop actually does a really good job of partnering with brands, both big and small. I named all the you know bigger brands up top, but we partner with a lot of smaller, um, more indie brands, especially on the beauty side. A few I can think of are Melanin Essentials, Meow Meow Tweet. We partner with a Canadian granola company called Nature's Path, another one in the U.S. called International Harvest. So we have a really big range of not just these big conglomerates that are recognizable, but hope to offer a little bit of what everyone wants, um, since I think you're not alone and that you want to support, you know, the smaller brands that have been working hard to change their packaging. And you'd mentioned earlier, Loop provides a circular economy. Can you do a real quick recap and explain the definition of a circular economy and how that's really helpful for the environment? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like circular economy gets thrown around a lot. So it's good to take a step back and understand what it is. But the goal with the circular economy is just to keep the resources that you're using um, in existence or cycling around as as much as possible. So keep the circles of the products you're using really tight um, and just keep resources being used over and over again, rather than, as we said earlier, using things once and then leaving it to be you know thrown away in either a landfill or get incinerated. We found that most environmental harm from packaging comes from creating the packaging. So that involves when you extract the oil from the earth, um, manufacturing it, shipping it to all become a wrapper on the shelves. So the idea with Loop is that you do use those resources to create this durable packaging, but then you're not creating a new ones over and over again. Thank you so much for explaining that for everybody to understand. Do you happen to have any facts or figures on the amount of trash diverted from the landfill because of Loop? Yeah, that's a great question. And while we don't have exact calculations right now, what I can say is that we do know that each piece of packaging cycling in a loose loop system is, you know, preventing what I said before, the extraction and creating of all these new disposable pieces of packaging. So if you think about every person shopping on loop, every person's receiving, you know, a certain number of items, that's all waste that's not being sent to landfill. We've done multiple third-party LCAs, which are just life cycle assessments, which show that Loop is environmentally beneficial um, to your typical e-commerce shopping in one to two uses, which goes back to what I mentioned earlier with that the greatest environmental harm really comes from extracting this packaging. So we found that even in a few uses, it's already um, more beneficial than how you typically be shopping online. Awesome. Well, hopefully one day in the future, you can get a little 
carbon calculator or something attached to your website and find a way to keep track of all of that. The technology is coming. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think that would make everyone feel like they're doing their part, you know, like it gives, makes people motivated. So yeah, I'd like to see that um, in the future too. <laughs> I've had a guest on my podcast before. His name's Michael Nazarian. He's from the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. And he was saying how packages like how you have food items that have the nutrition facts that are required on the package. He's like, his thought is that he wants every single item that is packaged to have a little carbon footprint or carbon emissions, some type of counter yeah. on each package. So, you know, the effects of what you're buying. And I think that's great. Hopefully, I don't know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, so Maybe you can talk to some people in loop <laughs> and get that going. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's like just having the information out there will help, you know, customers and people make those better decisions if they just have it in front of them, because it's so hard to find that kind of information. It is extremely hard to find that information. You have to dig really, really hard. And even then you don't know if it's accurate or greenwashing. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Can you walk me through the process of shopping at the Loop store, like from start to finish and how it all works? Mm -hmm. So uh, you go online in, as I said, the US, UK and Canada, um, it's online and you create an account and then you just shop for your products as you usually would from an online site. Um, the products will then arrive at your doorstep in the loop tote, which is a reusable shipping vessel. Um, so it's like a black square tote that has a zipper and it has foam padding inside and even a freezer if needed to cradle all the products. Um, and so you kind of leave that in your home and as you're using your product, so once you finish your ice cream or your uh, vitamin C serum, you put the packaging back into the loop tote. And so then once you have a few pieces of packaging collected, which um, we hope is as easy or natural as instead of throwing your packaging into the recycling bin, you just throw it into your loop tote next to your garbage. Um, so once you have a few pieces of packaging in there, or if you want to get some new stuff, you arrange a pickup with Loop. So then Loop comes and picks up the, the tote. Um, all the containers are cleaned, they're refilled, and then reused again, uh, shipping the same packaging out to the next person who gets to enjoy the product. Wow, that sounds like an excellent girls' night in. We get ice cream, <laughs> facial syrup, it's delivered right to the door. This is wonderful. They go together, yeah. <laughs> who is the target customer for Loop? Uh, Loop wants to be attractive to all types of people. So not just those that are green-minded. Um, we want it to be available for people that maybe are overwhelmed or, you know, a little confused by zero waste living and make it, um, or low waste living and make it convenient and accessible and like an attainable goal. And because of the beautiful packaging and how easy it is to use, our goal is that you know, just every type of family, every type of like young urban couple would want to shop on the platform for its benefits that aren't just environmental, but the convenience and the uh, accessibility. What is really awesome is that Loop offers a bunch of items when compared to a grocery store pickup, you can only get the grocery items. Even if that store is a big box store and offers other retail non-food items, when you go online to do Instacart or the curbside pickup, you can only get the groceries. And Loop is going to offer laundry detergent and makeup supplies and a bunch of other things that are not in the grocery category. So I really can get everything all delivered to my doorstep. So I'm very excited about that. Exactly. Exactly. We want to make it just yeah, easy as possible so you don't have to change how you usually are shopping. 
And this is now the new standard for shopping. I think everybody's been spoiled rotten by curbside pickup and deliveries to the door because of COVID. And to be honest, I never did that before COVID, but COVID kind of forced me into it a little bit. And I was like, this is really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. We actually, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were a little bit worried how Loop would fare as we're you know, reuse based. Um, And we found that we actually had really good sales at the beginning um, of the pandemic because of that reason that it was, you know, maybe people that didn't usually shop online or have things delivered to their home were able to get their sustainable packaging delivered to their doorstep, you know, able to meet them where they are. And uh, we found that people were, yeah, really excited by that prospect and uh, supported us, which was awesome. When you're comparing items at Loop to wherever you would normally shop, because it's the same items, it's the same brand of Haagen-Dazs, it's the same brand of laundry detergent and all the other examples we've used. Are they the same price as the grocery store? Are they going to be more expensive because of the special packaging? Loop's goal is to be the same price as your typical grocery store. Um, I should note that Loop does have a fully refundable deposit on each piece of packaging. So once you return the packaging, you get the deposit brought back to your account. Um, and there's also a deposit required for the Loop tote, which is the reusable shipping tote, as I mentioned, that your goods arrive in. Um, but you know, you're getting that tote every time you order. So the goal is that as Loop grows and scales, the price drops and becomes lower. But Right now, we're pretty on mark with being the same price that you'd find in a store, not including the refundable deposits. Hey, I'm all about those refundable deposits because if <laughs> people are way more excited to recycle then because they get money back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a little bit of um, keeping people accountable to return the containers. And so that the manufacturers are able to get their um, containers back since they own the product now or they own the packaging now. That makes sense. So the penny pincher me wants to ask this question. Does Loop accept coupons for Haagen-Dazs and Tide and all that stuff? Yeah, this was an interesting question that I have to say I haven't received before, but we don't uh, accept coupons for, you know, the products that you probably would use in your retail store at the moment. I'd say keep on the lookout for all kinds of promotions we have. We, If you subscribe to the Loop newsletter, there's often um, you can get some pretty good deals on items. So I'd say that's your best bet uh, to save a few bucks on your shopping. Hey, I'm all about saving money. That's fine. It doesn't have to be the physical coupon out of the newspaper. I'm cool <laughs> with promotions and discounts and whatever <laughs> deals you got. <laughs> You're like, I'll use whatever. <laughs> can you recap where Loop is available? Sure. So... Uh, Loop is available online in the United States. We're available across the contiguous 48 states um, in the United Kingdom and also in Canada and the Ontario region. Um, And then Loop is available in around 10 stores in select locations around Paris, France in Carrefour stores in the city. Oh, okay. Do you have any future plans on where you are hoping to open either more stores or other countries where you will be able to provide the service? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're hoping to launch by the end of 2021 in Japan and Australia. And then as far as in-store goes, we're working really closely with all the retail partners right now to um, start to be launching in-store soon in other locations. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, really excited. If listeners of the podcast want to learn more information about Loop, where can they go? So I would say your best bet is our United States website is www.loopstore.com. And you can check out the website and find out more. 
All right. And if they have additional questions that maybe I didn't think to ask, who can they email or what's the best way to get a hold of you or somebody else at Loop? Yeah, um, I would say our customer care team is super responsive and always happy to help. Uh, so you can reach out to them with any questions and the email address is support at loopstore.com. And if my email address is on at the end of the podcast, you can definitely reach out to me as well. Charlotte has a special surprise for all the listeners of Starting Sustainability. Go ahead and share the good news, Charlotte. Yeah, so we have a special code for all you listeners. Um, and it's 10% off and free shipping from our U.S. website, which is loopstore.com, our Canadian website, which is loopstore.ca, and then also our Ulta Beauty website, which is loopbyulta.com. And the code is all caps starting sustainability. Woohoo! Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. Okay, so before we go, I want to play a quick little game with you, kind of just to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. This game is called Trainwreck. Have you heard of it before? I have not. Okay. So have you heard of Never Have I Ever? I have heard of that. Okay. <laughs> it's basically the reverse of that. You're going to name something that you have done that you think nobody else has done. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'll give you a moment to think of some examples. Do you think you can do three or is that too much? Um, yeah, I could do three. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can go first. That way it gives you a little bit of time to think. Okay. This is something I have done that I think nobody else has. I have gone cage diving with the crocodiles in Australia. Woo. <laughs> One of mine was diving and I thought mine was way cool. <laughs> now I've been beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, share it. Go ahead. It's Do fine. I to say that I have not done that. <laughs> I was going to say that I have snorkeled on a tectonic plate in Iceland. <laughs> well, I've not done that. I think many people similar, have not done similar. that. <laughs> Similar bragging rights. Still very I, cool. I don't, how, how are you in a cage? I have so many questions. I, <laughs> I, I need to know how that happened. <laughs> I did a study abroad in Australia my last semester of college. And when I was there, we went to the Sydney Zoo and you can pay a little bit extra to be put into a cage and they drop you down into the crocodile <laughs> den den bin <laughs> their little their habitat there we go <laughs> oh my god and it really it, it really was not that thrilling because it was at one o'clock so they had just fed the crocodiles lunch so they lowered us in and the crocodiles <laughs> all just laid there on the side of the bank we're in the water splashing and making noise and the crocodiles are like you're annoying us and they just laid there the whole time <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd probably rather have it that way than you know, maybe some being really active. <laughs> that is wild though. Wow. The next one is I created a board game. Oh, that's fun. I have definitely not done that. Yeah. I created it. Hasn't gone anywhere because what is, what was the context of that one? Uh, I, I created it out of boredom. This is before I got married and had kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I created a board game. You had a lot of time. I had a lot of time. And I even had, friends and family play it with me and stuff. And then I was, I wanted to get it developed into a real board game and make all this money. And so just to get the patent was going to be like $1,500. And I was like, that's a lot of money. Never mind. <laughs> this is just going <laughs> to hang out of my window. closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so fun. What is it inspired or similar to any existing game that I can like base it off of? Uh, I'd say it's probably a mix of two or three different board games. Okay. So the concept is you go around to different, it's 
think of the game Clue, but instead of a house mm-hmm. with rooms, it's a town with different buildings. So you have the library and you have the bar and you have the bowling alley and you have the, the restaurant and you're going to different places and you're drawing potential dates. So you're going to get like the thug at the bar or the drunkard at the bar and you're going to (laughs) get like the party animal at the house and you're going to get different, different losers, I guess, like not desirable mates. Someone that you want to go on a date with. Yeah, but you have to go to all the different locations and eventually you get points at each location and eventually you will find like Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. And then you have to head, you have to head to like the marriage line where you go to get married. But once you get your Mr. Right, there's only one. So that means all the other players are now trying to steal them from you and sabotage your date and stuff. Oh my gosh. Whoa, that is so, that is, I've not heard of a game like that before. That is for sure. Clearly I was not married at that time. (laughs) Now it's a little bit different to play with like a a family. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun though. Wow. I just don't even know how you'd start that. So I'm also impressed. (laughs) Should I, do I go next or do you do your third one? Go ahead. Do number two for you. Okay. I have gone streaking through a library twice. Whoa. (laughs) I went streaking through my backyard as a kid. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was a truth or dare (laughs) result. Yeah, this was also similar to your college one. It was a college organized thing on my campus that you did it for finals um, every year. And I was like, I love this so much. I have to do this again. I actually think I went three times, but people always think that's like pretty wacky. So So what college does that? Um, I went to school in North Carolina. So University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was shocked when I first got there too, but I was like, I am going to, I have to participate in this tradition. I missed out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i guess we're we're even right now with our <laughs> is there points or is it just <laughs> no it's just it's just getting to know you but i mean i, I think we're definitely tied this is fun <laughs> <laughs> you're a fun person <laughs> <laughs> you as well well my third one isn't nearly as exciting but it's a that was the last one i could come up with I gave up soda pop in the seventh grade and have not had it since. Wow, that's impressive. I think I've given up soda recently, but seventh grade, like, that's young. That's You really stayed committed. Yeah. Well, my soccer coach told me that if I gave up drinking soda pop, I'd be a better soccer player. So right then and there, I stopped drinking soda pop and I still sucked at soccer, but I just never went back <laughs> to soda pop. <laughs> I mean, it probably improved your health, even if even if your soccer skills didn't imp- improve directly. I'm sure that was good for your body to not drink soda. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You're not missing anything. Like, I think if I had a sip of soda nowadays, I'd be like, it's just so sugary. It's Yeah, and that's one reason I haven't gone back. It's so sweet, so sugary, and I can't see in the carbonation. It almost burns my throat now because I'm not used to it. It doesn't feel tingly mm-hmm. and fun. It's painful, so I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because it's all uh, not natural. What is your third and final um, one? I was like, yeah, I'll think of one, and now I'm not thinking of one. Oh, I'll go on. I'll go on the drink one. I the other day I I started brewing kombucha recently as a quarantine activity. Um, and the other day I opened my bottle of beet kombucha and it spilled all over my ceiling. That's not really that impressive, but it's more of a funny story. And I doubt that anyone spilled beet kombucha up to their ceiling. You know what? You are still correct on that. 
<laughs> it's still purple. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was like a fountain of just purple liquid. So is that because it fermented for so long? So it, the pressure built yeah. up? Wow. I left it for too long. I was didn't know what I was doing. I still don't really know what I was doing, what I'm doing, but yeah, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you do, you'll just go outside to open it. Yeah. That probably would have been, I don't even know how high I would have gone then though. It probably would have just kept, kept going up. Like it only stopped because of the ceiling. <laughs> that is just gonna My neighbors have just seen purple stream. <laughs> Kombucha is going to start coming with a warning label on the side now. <laughs> Caution. Yes. Yeah, they turn into a rocket. <laughs> absolutely no seriously like it could have been I'm just I mean I was mad that it got on my ceiling but it could have been it could end a lot worse so honestly thankful not too bad not too bad well it has been so much fun getting to know you and getting the inside scoop of loop so I really do appreciate you taking the time to come onto the podcast and explain the loop store and the process and all the workings and ins and outs and all the secrets and for the promo code because that's really really awesome I'm taking advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Go check it out. And um, yeah, such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again, Charlotte, so much for your time and for answering my questions and sharing with us the inner workings of the Loop Store. Since I did the interview with Charlotte, because then I got the promo code at the end, <laughs> I went onto the Loop website to order something and all of the items that I was specifically looking for were sold out, which was a bummer, but at the same time, it's a good thing because it means that they're growing in popularity and they're having trouble keeping up with demand. I think it's great and I will continue to try and support Loop and I hope that more companies join in with Loop because that means more products and less disposable trash. So be patient because they are so popular, which is really truly a good thing. Just be patient and eventually they will get caught up with supply and demand and we can all start participating and supporting Loop as well. I really do hope and pray that this is the future where every single product is coming in a reusable container and no more disposable containers. That would be just so wonderful, so wonderful. Before we go, we got to do our weekly challenge. Now, last week, it was zero food waste for an entire week. And my husband and I are slowly getting down a routine. We have been actively trying, well, when I say we, I mean, I've been actively trying to reduce food waste. He's been on board with the program for the purpose of making dinner an easier chore and controlling our spending on food. But either way, we have been actively trying for the past six weeks or so, because I don't I didn't really make note of when we actually started, <laughs> where we write a menu for the week and then make a grocery list of all the items that we're going to need. And then we go shopping in our cupboards, fridge, and freezer first, and then get the remaining items on the list at the store and only buy the items that are on that list to ensure that we will eat it all in time before it goes bad. Also, I do the fridge audit and have been doing so for a while now, ever since I learned about it from Stephanie Miller. And that has been very helpful. The leftovers and soon-to-expire items are rotated to the front of the fridge, so they are consumed more easily. And if we can't eat them in time, then we freeze them, which makes for a quick, easy, microwavable meal when we are in a hurry. <laughs> Actually, I have a correction. I have a confession to make. As of last night, my husband pointed out to me there was a container of chicken dated from two weeks ago all the way in the back corner of the fridge. Apparently I missed that one. 
multiple times during my many fridge audits. <laughs> Oops. Anyways, I will now be focusing better at doing that. <laughs> but this past week, I really did try to focus on the zero part of the food waste for the weekly challenge that was issued last week. And we did not hit the zero mark because on the very first day, we had chicken and there were chicken bones, which those cannot be eaten by us. They cannot be eaten by the dog. Bones really don't go in the compost. I guess you can if you really wanted to, but it's strongly discouraged because you, that's when you attract a lot of pests and varmint and whatnot. Another option is to freeze them and then turn them into broth later on. You can boil them in water with vegetable scraps and whatnot. And that was honestly the plan in my head, to save them and turn them into a broth. However, I did not communicate that out loud with my husband, so he cleaned up dinner while I put the kids to bed, and he threw away the bones. To which I replied, thank you for cleaning up, honey, because in marriage you have to pick your battles. So I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> so going forward, we're just going to continue to do our best to reduce the food waste as much as possible and just keep trying. <laughs> How are you doing on these weekly challenges? Let us know. You can go to the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability, and comment there. I'm putting up Sustainable Sunday posts with the weekly challenges, so feel free to share your feedback, what your thoughts are, any of your experiences, both positive and negative. Don't be embarrassed if it's negative and it didn't work out. The point of sharing is so that you learn from whatever the mistake was. In my case, it was not communicating to my husband that that was my dream for the week, <laughs> that that was my goal for the week. And that way you and everybody else can all learn, okay, this was a mistake. Here's what we're going to do going forward for the next time around so we can do it right and succeed at it. And then we can also share all of the successes, which would be wonderful. Now for next week... I'm going to open up my little tin here and draw a card for next week's challenge. It says, support your local farmer's market and make it a goal to buy produce that was grown as close to you as possible. The farmer's markets around me are open and I, shame on me, have not been yet. That is now my new goal. I'm going to try to go this weekend. It's going to be, I'm going to have to get up early. <laughs> I'm going to have to get up really early because it's only open on Saturdays from 8 to noon. And we have plans. We've been having plans for the last few weekends. It was like a whole year of nothing, a whole entire year of no plans. And now it's every single weekend is jam-packed full of fun. So <laughs> I'm sure other people are in the same boat as me, but that is now my goal. Hopefully I can make it work this weekend. If not, well, I'm traveling the following weekend. So 4th of July weekend. So I might have to extend this. And you can too. If you can't make it happen this weekend, that's okay. Just extend the deadline. Just because you don't make it this week doesn't mean that you can't ever do it ever again. Just extend the deadline and, and accomplish your goal, even if it's at a slower rate. It's still making it work. It's another success story. This one we can all do. We can all go shopping at our local farmer's market. Just once, at least one time this summer. Ladies and gentlemen, Sustainer Nation, that is all that I have for you for this week. Tune in next week where I'm going to talk about summertime fun and traveling and how to do that as sustainably as possible. Until then, continue saving the world. Talk to you all again next week. Bye.